Yeah, 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 here we go, here we go. This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and I'm yours, Nathan McFly, with... Yeah, man, he is the ISC. Shout out to the sponsor, Woodrow, man, man. Shout out to the nation of the sound of nation. Yeah, here we go. I mean, Woodrow might sound a little, little out of it. I tried to freak him, but uh, it didn't work out. (laughs) It didn't work out. You know, Woodrow might sound like he's in the distance, but he is. You know, we're not in the same, in the same space at the moment with everything. Everybody being either quarantined or you know told not to go outside, so we had to do this over the phone. But we got somebody else. Over the phone right now, too. We got a special guest, JB Toys. What's going on, baby? Hey, guys. What's going on? Chilling, chilling. How's everything by you, man? Uh, you know, lockdown, nothing to do but watch wrestling. Exactly, exactly. The only <laughs> thing on TV, man. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I know. Everybody's quarantining right now. So, you know, everybody's in their respective locations doing the whole social distancing. really do man stay positive that's all you could really do and just hopefully this all you know gets cleared out within at least a month or so hopefully man so uh for you know for our fans that are listening to the show tell tell them a little bit about yourself and who you are uh my name's james uh i go by jb toys uh follow me at jb toys one on instagram uh, that's kind of where everything started for me. I, uh, I'm a 35-year-old wrestling fan. I've been a fan since I was probably three years old. Uh, I was my first, uh, first live event at WWF. I was, I was three. My mom picked me. Uh, and at that night, I was so, uh, That's history. I mean, I've been a diehard fan, collecting toys, collecting everything has to do with wrestling. I've seen probably the wrestling show you can ever think of. Uh, and just it made what I did, so... Big fan and uh, huge supporter. Awesome, awesome, and, uh, man. Tell us, tell us a little more about your uh, your story. So, uh, I, I basically JD Toys. Uh, it started a few years ago. I, I was such a big collector of wrestling figures and such a big collector of the belts, uh, championship belts that I decided to kind of get into it myself and think, why not? You know, besides collecting, why don't I just start? You know making belts, designing belts, and selling the figures and selling stuff that I love and sharing it with everybody else. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I think it was probably late 17, uh, you know, right in the middle of the, the hot bullet club and everything, and I, I hit that thumb down, and it got me going, and, you know, it took off. So uh, I opened jpcoinflexibles.com, uh, and just basically social media has been huge for me. Uh, Instagram is where everything blew up. I, I started there, and I was posting, and, they caught on with a lot of people. Been doing it ever since. Awesome. What? Um. So when you got into this, when you got into the belt making stuff, right? How? Like. Mm-hmm. Like what? What was like? What was like the one design that you really wanted to like start doing? Did you do something maybe just like just for yourself? Maybe something that's personalized on your own. The, the big thing 
before Dom, I was fully captivated by the WWF Wing Eagle Mount. That oh, one yeah. carried it. That was just that was my jam. Like I was obsessed with that title. And you know, I always thought to myself, what it'd be like to, you know, hold that belt first and can't work it. And you know, over the years they made little toy phone belts with the Wing Eagle and that. I had all of it. It it just it piqued my curiosity more and more as I got older and I was like you know, the toy belts aren't cool anymore. I want to see the real thing. And my book about started, you know, that was, I remember it probably 1999. Uh, I got the first rough book about, and it was the WCW Big Dome. And it was super cheap, super flimsy. Uh, I didn't <laughs> think it was on, I didn't think it was on fake leather. I think it was actually a bolt strap, but it still had metal plates. They were like thin. And I okay. thought it was the coolest thing in the world, you know? And after that, it, you know, that makes a lot more. So I know the real thing. So, oh. you know, I'm just like, you know, people out there started making, you know, rock with about and, you know, the famous folk designers out there and it just drove me to want to do it myself. And I went to graphic design, so I was really creative aspect. And you know, in the video games like WWE two K, I would I would start creating belts myself out there and create my creative characters. Oh nice. I need to start doing this for real. You know, I want to do it in my life, so you know, I started messing around with it, and I started putting designs together. But I think that the belt that got me into it was the Winged Eagle. I mean, that made me want to, you know, start designing because I love that design of belt. And I just wanted to go off that and start doing, you know, put my own twist on belts like that. And, you know, it just it went from there. And I started creating not only my own design, but I started making some of these classics that I enjoyed as a kid. Awesome, man. I mean, I remember as a kid, you know, I, I wanted to put a twist because, you know, as a kid... They had they had the belts, but they had them on foam. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. So like I used to take the plates off the foam, and one of my one of my boys pops, he was a welder, so he used to just basically get like a like a rinky dink uh, weight belt, and then just put it on the weight belt for us, and then spray paint it black, you know, try to make it look a little official. So I had a couple of there joints just go. like that. Because <laughs> I worked successfully. Definitely, definitely. But uh, I know that you said that, you know, you you, uh, you designed some yourself and you put your little twist on it. I've seen something that you did with uh, Marty Skull. Yeah, the, the crazy thing was, is, uh, so I, was, I was making some of these belts, like I said, that I kind of wanted to pay tribute to that were already in the business. Yeah. And at the time, New Japan was hot. The New Japan belts, you know, were so detailed. Um, I, I just finished recreating the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Position for you, um, 
what would you think about getting a belt for Ring of Honor uh, for me before? And I lost it. I was like, I tell me when and where, which part we're doing. <laughs> you know, if it, it would have been the greatest honor for me to go any further in this belt-making business than to do that. So, uh, you know, with Jeff Fitness, and he said, here's my idea. You know, I love the villain Enterprises logo. He goes, and some people might not, you know, like my concept, but I want you to put me together some concept art of my villain Enterprise logo being uh, So I made him five designs, and I had the concept art, and I was already rolling out. I was overnight in it a lot. I threw me designs, and then, trust me, you know, it's, I think I'm going to tell you this, man. I love your design, but I am not with any of this. And I, I was blown away. I mean, I gave him so many different options. And maybe one day I'll even post to be the different points that I originally had. But just, this felt, he goes, I wanted to be just a walking billboard as a villain enterprise for a He goes, uh, you went above and beyond. He goes, you made incredible design. He goes, I almost wanted to see you. No, that that bell was incredible, man. Especially with the and, with the big penguin in front of it, like that that face that he uses. Yeah, and you know, I, at first I was a little disappointed, and uh, it got a you know, it, it was discouraging to know that like the design that I came up with, he kind of disregarded. But then at the same time, I said, you know what? He's this gimmick belt. It probably won't be used long term, and that wasn't his, you know, commitment to that. Let's do it. But he said, what if you take that design and you just make it as big as possible on those plates? So I said, all right, let's go there. So next day, I, I did a perfect art. It was good. That's what I was looking for. It's a big event. It's too easy. So he ended up making uh, it. And he uh, worked out a great deal for Ring of Iron for him. And I actually uh, drove it down the boat. I took the show going to debut at it back to the world. And I uh, had it like a bag hidden because nobody was allowed to see him. And I go, all three of them, all three members of the Enterprise, I actually knocked them out back by uh, the arena and gave them about, they could quick rush that day, do promo work and video work with them, and that they were going to debut them that night. So I didn't know what all was entailed for it, but it was one of the coolest days of my life being there to see the video live. Wow, that must have been such an accomplishment, such a feel. Yeah, I question, it. man. It was awesome. Sure. How, how much of the, how much are you a part of the process? Like, to do the design, but as far as, like, the making of the plates, and are you a part yeah, of that so process we, as well? We've actually got a little team uh, that I started. And being that I, I mentioned that we were including restoration car shop, uh, one of our guys, uh, he blew up the metal and he actually in his spare time making belt buckles uh, for leather belts. And, and then I think a lot of the belt guys got And I had picked up a little bit about the process and he was still doing it. He really was doing a lot of that, but we did all the stuff there. And I said, what if I funded to whatever design that I create, could you make that, you know, just, you know, enlarge these belt buckles that you're doing and do actual wrestling belts? And he said, well, I can make the plates for you, but I don't get into that kind of leather work. So we started throwing out some test trials, and he started making plates, which has improved dramatically over the last couple of years. Um, and then I hired a guy that I knew to do the leather work. We did leather work at the wrestling belts that I grew up with. And three of us, I'm doing the design work and all the, uh, the content art. Uh, I put together the visuals and everything, and then... Uh, he does the plating and the patching and all that, and then we pass it off to our leather guy to finish the process and assemble. So, 
between the three of us, we've got a pretty good system. That's dope. That is real dope. That's dope, man. It sounds like an assembly line right there. In, in a way, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, um, uh, just like with the whole with the whole design of the belts, we we hear that you know you you know you designed belts for Marty Skull and everything like that. Are you getting ready to do anything else with ROH, or is that like a one time deal? Well, I thought it was a one time deal, but uh, I guess like these guys twice, they uh, contacted me at the beginning of the year. Uh, Marty did, and he said, "Hey, that." Have you ever seen the Ring of Honor Pure title? And I said, absolutely. Of and course. You know, Daniel Bryan held that. <laughs> you know, only, only the elite, you know, the, the top guy, you know, held that belt. It's got a lot of history, even though it was short-lived. Exactly. You know, so, so wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I, I love that belt. And he said, well, what would you think about coming back and recreating that title for us all over? Wow. And I was like, man, there we go. I said, I'm, I'm all about this. So, uh, you know, he being that he had decided to contract with Ring of Honor and get a lot more creative freedom and more creative teams with them. Um, he got the approval to Ring of Honor to give it a go. And, you know, the rest of history, I ended up uh, redesigning the belt and cleaning it up a little bit line-wide. And we rolled out, and I made zombies up the title, and we actually went with six, uh, six millimeter plates instead of four. Ooh, um, okay. It's so it's going gonna to be a big boy. Even deeper. Yeah. It's a happy, happy belt. We wanted to go all out on this one. Um, I asked if I could have a little period of freedom, though. I asked if I could, you know, maybe a red draft to make it pop and red leather or even a red leather backing. And uh, right now they want to be, you know, the base original, true to form, with, you know, cleaning up the, work, the artwork. Okay. And then they said that maybe down the line we're going to go ahead and do, you know, a, a better version or a, a new twist on it once it's reintroduced. But they wanted to keep the plastic tradition for their, their Ring of Honor Pure Tournament. So uh, we worked at that then. We've got the both finished. So I've got a backup and the one that I've produced. And uh, unfortunately, the tournament was kicking for the book environment. So we're waiting to hear when they're going to reschedule. But that's going to be an awesome tournament. And I cannot wait to, to debut it there. Oh, my God. That's going to... I already know. You already got butterflies just thinking about that, right? Can, can you say that again? You're, little, you're breaking up a little bit, brother. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, you know, as far as, you know, being there live would be one thing, you know, and that would be great to see this tournament, but to actually present this belt to them with the history behind it, it just puts it over the top for me. Oh, definitely, man, definitely. Yeah, that's cool that they would, like, involve you like that. That's really dope. I think that after they saw that first title and then saw my commitment to drive, Instagram and you called it the couch of champions. 
yeah. I was looking at those belts. You have a lot of classics. Did you design, did you make all, all of those belts? Most of that stuff that's on that couch is uh, with actually orders from customer, customer orders and stuff and, and a lot of just extra belts like that laying around. I think in my home, I probably have over 150 titles in here. So, wow. Uh, a little bit everywhere. Yeah, I've got <laughs> looking around. I probably got about 35 in this office, and then there's probably another, you know, that be the basement if the, uh, in that area. Who knows where else? But, yeah, they're everywhere. So, so- What's the belt that everybody likes to grab when they when they come over? Because I know if I came over, I would be yeah, I'd be trying everything on. <laughs> um, I, I, I gotta say the winged eagles are definitely a favorite, but people love Last the color that. So I got a yellow intercontinental belt down there to get everybody grabs that yellow. And I don't know if that's just so attention, but the yellow intercontinental belt the one they go to. Oh, but yeah, that... I saw that you even had the uh, Divas Championship belt, and I was like, wow, this guy is... This guy is yeah, right? Did you make that... Uh, I'm sorry, did you make the ECW title as well? Yeah, yeah, I had uh, I've made a couple different versions of the ECW. A lot of people like to dig into the history and do the Taz version uh, with the black plates, with the baseball bat on the side, the little Taz logos, and uh-huh. little weird things like that, because you know, oh, we've done all of them, yeah. Oh man, that is amazing, bro! Over a hundred and fifty belts. Oh god. Yeah, it's it's getting a little out of control. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! You're just getting everything from from the little kid in you out right now. <laughs> what was that? What was the belt that you was wearing in that picture with uh, Sabu? What belt was that that you had? Uh, with Sabu, I actually brought the NWA uh, ten pound gold dome globe belt. I uh. I knew that I could easily bring him an ECW belt and sign it, and everybody else does the same, and I just wanted something different. So I said, you know what? Not a lot of people realize that we're an NWA world champion. Yeah, I he is. Mm. Sign that belt, you know? Yeah, that was a clean, that's a clean belt. I was like, damn, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> man, definitely. Yeah, and I think that belt, you know, its popularity has just skyrocketed. Now the NWA sack with NWA power and like, all this is just, put them on a whole other level. So that belt is getting a lot of exposure. And that's kind of why I went out and did do one with the red blaze leather because a lot of people like beat up a brand. And that actually was my back day. Yeah, and I feel like Nick Aldis, he uh he actually brings back like that classic throwback feel to the belt. You know, as like the Absolutely. champ wearing the custom suits and everything like that. I, I just love what he's doing right now in NWA. Yeah, and he holds himself like a true champion. And a lot of these guys... You know, that you don't get that classic feel like you said. Just in case he's got the look, he's got the attitude, and uh, he's done nothing but great things for them. Definitely, definitely, man. Shout out to Nick Aldis, man. He's really, uh, he's really like a DIY type of dude, man. He's really doing it himself and just getting a whole company on his back while he's doing it, man. Absolutely. Well, I see another thing that you do, like we said earlier, was uh, your toy collecting. And I seen you got a lot of rare stuff, you know, some new stuff, some some stuff in the middle. But what goes into that, like that figure hunting? Because it seems like you're everywhere getting Funko Pops or you're getting these old hash burrows or, you know, like what goes into all that? A lot of time, a lot of dedication, and a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the toy collecting is super light, you know, just as much as the belt game. It's, uh, it's one of those things where... 
the thrill of the hunt and going out and knowing when you go up to that store what you're going to find, a lot of that is the best part of it. When you walk in there, you might find absolutely nothing, disappointment, you move on. But if you find something, it's like it's just a rush, man. It's adrenaline. It's, you know, over the years as I've grown up, I mean, I've got a lot of stories, a lot of, you know, figure hunts that I remember vividly from years and years ago. Uh, just because they stick with you because you love the merchandise so much. It's like, when you get it, it's like, I had to have this. I love that book I got it from. You know, spiral body control. I know. I find it very hard for me to find something I don't have. And, uh, uh, we had my collection very recently, and we're, we're in the over a quarter million right now for the toy collection. So the wrestling stuff, I don't start to keep the board for you know, weird stuff that I could find. Wait, you just said over a quarter million? Uh, we're the quarter million. So I, just, I just went over the quarter million mark when I had the collection of praise. Yeah, so it's, it's you don't know that, you know, you just collect, you collect, you collect all these years. And, you know, I'm 30 years into this. I still have the original wrestling figures, the big rubber LJN figures. From when oh, I my God, those are classic. You know, and I have the ones I played with. They didn't have the photos. They're all still in my basement because I never would give anything up. And, I just kept collecting it. Then also this turned into, well, I don't want to think about Fox. So now I have everyone ever made Fox. And I'm like, well, once I complete a, a line of wrestling figures, I'm fine the next one. And I have to complete it. So over the years, it's like there's not really a toy line, in this, especially wrestling, that I haven't com- completed and owned all of them. So I'm pretty so sure. It's addicting. Do you have. Wait, my bad, G. Do you have the. It was like a 12 inch Hulk Hogan figure. It came with a belt, and I think they made an Andre the Giant like that as well. Um, yes, yeah, the one I'm thinking of, they did Hogan and they did Piper back then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got them in the basement and on my on my display downstairs with all my Hulk Hogan stuff. I'm, I'm a huge Hogan fan, so I'm only missing uh, one Hogan figure to have pretty much every one made. And then that one is just parking me. I need to own it. So, and which is that? What's that? What's that? Uh, hey, man, so... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to ask, what's that, like, signed Mickey Mantle card, the equivalent of that? Like, what's that lost gem, that rare gem uh, in the tour game? It's tough. I mean, right now, you know, the Hasbro wrestling figures are a big thing for me, and, uh, you know, those Holy Grail, the basic figure, that's what they use, uh, the Undertaker, Balloway figure. Uh, in a little plastic bag, and I think doing a couple thousand now. And, you know, you look at prototypes of some of these figures, and you know they're getting into the five to ten thousand range. Like the Hammer Valentine, that never made production, but there's a few samples out there. Even a Slipman and Blues jumpsuit, and it's like you know that could be anywhere from ten to fifteen grand. And then there's Kamala with a moon belly instead of Saturn's belly to give that that You know, there's a few pieces out there that are hot that. Eventually, I'm thinking that I'll be trying to hunt down, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm consuming the belt stuff enough that it's kept me away from some of those, and I haven't, <laughs> haven't pulled the trigger, but I'm... You might, you might as well make those yourself, too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's a whole other business. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, I'm still blown away by the number that you told us. Like, how much all this is worth. Like, that. that's, that's amazing, man. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just it's accumulated over the years, and you know it, it's a good feeling that it pays off at the end. It, like I never bought the stuff or you know accumulated it for the the money aspect. It's going up. I never thought about it. 
you know, like how I look at it, and like I have to connect on a gold mine. And hopefully, you know, that investment grows and grows and grows. You know, some of these figures, it's overwhelming to track the ball, but sometimes it's actually eBay listing, and I'm like, wait, what? It's going for that much money? Oh my god, it's amazing, man! Amazing. Woodrow, what's the other question you have for homie? Um, I mean, that was about it as far as the adults and action figures. I'm curious to know, like, you know, just what he thinks about the state of wrestling right now and what he thinks of, like, all of the empty arena events that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always been a wrestling fan of all brands. And when I look at wrestling as a whole right now, I think that we are one of the hottest periods of wrestling that we've been in since the Monday Night War. And I wouldn't consider right now being a war. But I think had options out there, like the WWE, like New Japan, like AEW, you know, NWA, and all these other guys that are coming up. Well, there's so much to choose from that you can't be a wrestling fan and not find something you enjoy. And I feel like it's disappointing to me, as I grew up a huge WWE fan, to know that I cannot any longer sit and watch a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown for the full entire episode without wanting to change the channel or cringing at what I'm watching. And it's like, whether it's based on children for now, or whether it's just the writers have gone soft or lost creativity, I, I cling to NXT because I think that the, the wrestling is outstanding. Uh, the stories, you know, with Gargano and Champa are phenomenal. Yeah. But I cannot watch a Raw or SmackDown to save my life. And it's like, I want to. Well, you see product like AEW out there. And these fresh stories, and these talents that are hungry, they couldn't make it in WWE they didn't get a chance. They're thriving now. You know, you know the, the way you're and wrestling is. Stories are built over long term, like a traditional old school way. And I still hold on to that. And, you know, maybe it's old fashioned, but I, I love watching New Japan, AEW, NWA, and Ring of Honor right now. You know, and if it is WWE, I gotta say NXT by, by you know, waiting to go with them. I mean, I to be honest, I I, I kind of like what NXT did this week, on how it wasn't just you know re- wrestling. It, it wasn't wrestling at all. It was a lot of character building, and when you had sure. yeah, when you had Johnny Gargano and Ciampa talking about their their story, like their stories a couple of years in, like did did I think what's happening between those two is the best storytelling I've seen. Since a kid, like the storytelling with like Brett and Owen, um, uh, Hogan, Hogan and and Macho Man, uh, you have the storytelling between even you know the the Rock and and Stone Cold Steve Austin, how they main event that I think it was like what three WrestleManias in a row together, you yeah, know, like absolutely. it's just it, it's it's mind blowing, and I feel like it's the perfect time to tell that story with them narrating it. So for the people that haven't been there through the whole story, get to feel what the story is about. I agree. And I actually, I spoke to Johnny the other night, and I told him after NXT, uh, when they had that brawl throughout the performance center, I told him, I said, you know what? It was completely unexpected, but you felt it. You felt like it was raw. You felt like it was, you know, it, 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 the anger and the aggression between the two 
through that book so well. And, you know, you can contribute that to knowing each other so well in and out of the way that they do. And then to see them go complete opposite side this week and tell that story, like you said, you know, people will, will sit and complain about anything. And people will say, how many times do we have to beat our game of Tampa? It's so repetitive. Like said, look at Rock and Austin, three manias in a row. What what they're doing right now is a hundred percent like the Hogan Savage, you know, mega powers and then they crumbled and they had this heated rivalry. But the best part is if people are standard nowadays, so not only did you have Tampa flip, which do what happened, you all of a sudden had Gargano flip and turn, you know, to be the heel of this situation this time around. So they both like completely different different guys, same view. It's incredible. Yeah. You incredible. Know? Definitely. Did you did you start that off by saying you told Johnny? Yeah, Johnny's actually a friend of mine. Uh, oh, that's, a, that's a flex. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to name drop. I didn't even think about <laughs> no, it. no, that's not even a name drop if he's a friend. <laughs> that's you know, I thought you got to get a last week. Uh, <laughs> he, a, he, a, he had me make a winged eagle belt for him because he was a big fan of the kid as well. And, like That was the belt that got him into everything, so... After I made it that belt, uh, we did some other business together, and I traded it for some ring-worn gear. And uh, just, we talk a lot because he, he's a figure collector, and he collects a lot of X-Men and Spider-Man stuff and some of the stuff that I got to get. So I got that in common. And, you know, once in a while, we'll talk about that stuff. There's been times where I talk to him on a Wednesday night right after the, the show. pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, he's a great dude, and I told him I just – I. I That's beautiful, man. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> it uh, seems like the it seems like the belt. It's a good business to be in. I don't know. This, this is always something about belts. Ever since I was a kid, like I always wanted one of the belts. Even when I became a, an adult, and I won our fantasy football, I won the championship. And I got a belt. And I was just like, I was just loving it. Yeah, that's, like, that, that's that's your like, flex right there, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, 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 yeah exactly. Exactly. That's that's my like, yeah, it's no different. It's like a trophy, you know. You you win a sporting sure. event, you win something, you get your trophy, but about to, yeah. you get to wear that. You need to I had shoulder, a, it's like it's a whole different thing. So yeah, I had a couple moments where I was just like in the nude with it, like just loving yeah. like, <laughs> how I was feeling. Like, I was like the champion of something. Like it's, it's a different feeling when you're wearing the belt, so. That Shawn Michaels on the couch scene kind of. Exactly, but I took it to the I took it to like a nasty level. Like I was just like doing other things with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! All right, airing out your dirty laundry there, I see, bro. (laughs) Good thing I good thing I you know had a Lysol wipe to that belt when I wore it. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely need it to. But uh, <laughs> it does something to you, you know. <laughs> it's over. But uh, with the empty arenas, did, did you? I I know you said it's hard for you to watch Raw and SmackDown, but have you seen like maybe even clips of it of what was going on? Yeah, so I did watch as soon as I heard it was going to be an empty arena situation. I had to. I my curiosity was too high, so I I watched Raw and. You know, I wasn't thrilled with it, but I, I gave them prophecies. I think they pulled off a situation that was very tough. Yeah. Uh, but when you've got so much 
had a phenomenal promo. Yeah, you didn't have to. You felt his emotion, and you didn't need anyone in there. And, and I love that. But it's like, I think that if they get enough time under the belt with this empty arena thing, I think they could do well with it. Uh, you know, because I watched AEW, and they killed it. And I think a lot of it was because there was some sort of emotion in the background, and they were smart by putting wrestlers in there to kind of fuel the fire during the match, just yep. having them act as if they were the crowd. I love that. Yeah, like I really like how AEW they um they kind of like separated the heels and and the baby faces in the crowd. They had them on one side and the other, and just they were in a big enough arena to still have their 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 pyro and their you know their their pageantry and their you know and their entrance and all that. And I felt like that just yeah. right that right there was kind of like what tipped the scale on their side of things. But like I said, like what what WWE did with an empty arena. And just having the talent there, I felt like they pulled off a really good show. Especially AJ Styles right now, his promo game is like at a thousand. I would have never thought in all the years I've seen AJ Styles on TV that he would have the chops to be on the mic like that. And I think that, you know, the fan and him getting the work of the Undertaker feels that. I think we're going to see that side. AJ really come out. I love it. I mean, if there's any time for AJ, you know, to have his mania moment, and you know, a lot of people say Undertaker should have wrapped it up, but they've done a long time ago. You know, AJ can work with anybody that makes it look like gold. So I, I am excited for that. It's that he's feeling it right now. Yeah, I mean, um, the WrestleMania lineup, not for nothing, it's looking great. And then it, to, to know there's going to be at the performance center is kind of weird. Yeah, and I was funny even the two nights, which is yeah, it's a two-night event. I mean, they got a lot. They got a lot. And for them making it a two-night event, you already know it's all about, you know, what's going on, this whole hysteria with the coronavirus. They can't have too many people in one area. So yeah. the two the two night the two night I think I think it fits into what's uh what's the dynamic right now in the world today. Yeah, I give them props for, for putting it on. A lot of people expected that to be postponed. And I know there's a lot of people upset because they had traffic packages. But, you know, if, if storylines go on, you can't have a TV show for that. If you're going to hold back in the sense that everything was planned around and that there's going to be, you know, changes in the feud in the card, you can't, you can't have that out. So I, I get why they're doing it. And, you know, I'll definitely be tuning in. I'm excited to see what they, what they do with it. Yeah, I'm really, really intrigued to see what they do with it. What about you, Wood? Uh, yeah, I kind of like it, like I said. Uh, I don't mind. So it just brings a new dynamic. It just gives a different view. I mean, eventually, you know, it's going to go back to normal and they'll, you know, they'll go back to their large crowds. But, you know, having this moment and seeing, you know, what they're going to do and how they're going to pull this off, it's just it's good times, good times. Definitely is, definitely is, man. But uh, with this week in AEW, we got two debuts. 
of yeah. uh, former WWE talent, and I feel like Matt Hardy's debut was dope. I don't think his debut needed any crowd because he's just he's just he's just such a character. Like his facial expressions, the way he he moves, his mannerisms, everything sells everything to to the home to the home audience. I just feel like Luke Harper, his debut was just a little bit less than what it could have been if there was a crowd there. What what do you what do you guys think? Well, for me, it hit a little close to home, and I was pretty pretty disappointed that Luke Harper is a Rochester friend of mine, yes. local, and. Uh, I you know I grew up watching him at the indie shows here in town, and so I, when he was in WWE, I was I was thrilled. You know, I was a big fan. I loved the character with the Wyatt family. But when he went to AEW, I had to get. I was supposed to be ringside Wednesday night for that show, and I knew he was debuting, and I was just waiting for that crowd pop to just flow through the Blue Cross Arena here with all family and friends. Dave knowing when they canceled the show and put it into the closed arena, I thought to myself, this is going to hurt his, you know, his debut, and I just don't think it's going to work to its full potential, and I thought maybe they should postpone it. Uh, but to what you said, I think that, you know, Luke and Freddie Lee, I think that people knew it was going to be that debut. Um, I don't think that they executed it as well as they could have because it seemed with, you know, no crowd reaction or nothing. That it just it was a little boring, and I mean, I'm just cool that he cut a promo because you never hear him talk. He's a good talker, but it was a little lackluster because he came in, he cleaned house, and then stood there, and you know, it was like, okay, that's a commercial break. It is what it is. But then, then on the other hand, Matt Hart didn't need music, didn't need anything, needed silence. It actually was perfect. I didn't hear it up. People not letting him on him with that piano playing. I mean, that was goosebumps because I didn't expect him to debut. I thought that was incredible. And even if you watch that, Jericho had a smirk on his face because he was so excited that he lose that character when that popped up up there. Yeah, man. It was it was amazing. Like, the way everything played out was great. Like, from Matt Hardy, it was great. You know, everybody said that they were kind of thrown off that he wasn't the exalted one. But I'm like, if everybody's watching the Free the Delete and everything, and you have the Young Bucks coming to his house... How is he supposed to be a part of a a stable that's trying to like take over what the young bucks exactly. have? Like it made no sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So You I'm, know, you look at the Wyatt and you know, that cult like system, I thought, man, he it's a no brainer that Luke Harper's the exalted one. Oh definitely. Another cult so. Yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He was definitely like the the best person to be that character. And I'm just hoping sure. even with uh the lackluster debut i mean it was nice because you know they had like the whole theatrics with it but like i said man if he had the crowd it would have been a whole lot better but i just hope that this works out for him and it's you know it's something bigger than what he was doing in wwe oh for sure and he's a, he's a great wrestler and for being a big man like that i mean he can dive out of the ring doing all this stuff i you know he won't have any great spots for him for sure i just i you know i feel like i feel bad for him because he could have had so much more in that debut, and I think he would have been happier with it. And it almost looked like in the ring, he wasn't thrilled about the night. You know, he looked almost miserable because he knew it was supposed to be such an important moment, such a big moment, and yeah. you know, he got the short end of it. But it is what it is. It's like, he didn't speak the best they actually could. You know, props to that. Exactly, man. As a, as a talent, you just got to use what you have and make the most of it. 
Yeah, I'm sure he wanted the crowd pop, but even without it, it was a great spot. It was a great moment. So looking forward to where this goes. Yeah, I hope he just whips the shit out of Christopher Daniels. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, yo, JB, man, thank you for your time. Truly you appreciate it. Uh, if you want, you know, put, plug in your stuff. Plug in Instagram, Twitter, whatever you have. Yeah, uh, like I said, everyone can uh, follow me over at JP Toys One, the number one, uh, on my Instagram account. There, it's where everything everything goes down, everything gets posted at uh, JBToysCollectibles dot com. I post stuff from time to time for sale out there, and uh, yes, it's just social media. So check us out at JP Toys uh, One on Instagram. Awesome, man. Awesome, but once again, thank you, bro. Truly appreciate it from us here at the Twenty by Twenty Podcast. You know, this is a long time coming. We've been talking about doing the episode, and we finally did it. Yeah, I'm glad to finally be on here. I'm sitting here wearing my loose cannon helmet t-shirt, by the way. Oh, fire! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that shirt. Oh, man, thank you, thank you. We had we had a, we had a whole lot more coming too, man. But with everything that's been going on, we had to like you know backtrack on that. So, but we got some stuff coming. I'm gonna let you know definitely. Awesome, man. Sounds good. All right, brother. Take care. Have a good one. Take All right, care, you man. Too. Stay safe. Uh, you too, guys. Yeah, and that was JB Toys. Man, it was a great convo, man. What you think, brother? Nah, yeah, that was cool. That was cool, man. Like, shout out to him. He was flexing a little bit. <laughs> Word. Know, he pulled out. He names, pulled out the names, kid. Okay? Johnny. Yeah, I Johnny about that. No biggie. It's Johnny. You know, that's my guy from around the way. Call him Johnny. Yeah, nah, it was, it was dope, man. It was dope. It was dope to get some insight on, um, you know, what goes on with this belt making and uh, toy collecting. So it was really dope, man. Yeah, I mean, it, like, that that's a big thing right now. Like, everybody's collecting belts, collecting toys, and even going into it to the point where, like, they're really, you know, trying to look for all these rare action figures and, you know, wanting to make it. Dude, the guy has... A quarter of a billion dollars worth of action figures? A million. A quarter million or billion? A million, nigga. Jesus. Regardless. That, that's a lot of fucking... A quarter billion worth of action figures would be nasty. <laughs> Yo, he got some joints, my nigga. He got some joints in there, G. Nah, yeah, that's... Yeah, and his belt collection is sick. Yo, oh, look at that picture, that couch is champion. Yeah, dude, you know which one is dope? Sick. The the gold dust intercontinental belt. Bro, that, the fucking, he had the NWO belt with the spray paint. Looking like, exactly. It was fire, bro. Insane, insane, man. Yo, shout out to him, bro. He's one of the real ones out there, B. All right, so so what is this? This is quarantine episode number one. <laughs> the quarantine files. <laughs> yeah, we out here quarantine. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but uh, for everybody hearing, you know, the, the, these are the type of episodes we're gonna be recording for the next couple of weeks. You know, until you know shit died down here out in NY, as you know, New York City out here fucking catching thousand cases a day and shit. Yeah, we about to be on, we, we kind of on lockdown right now, but it's about to get into a, another level of it, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep bringing it to you this way, and uh, yeah, it's just good. Shout out to JB. 
Yo, the word. Yo, when you said this way, <laughs> all I thought about was Kanye yelling at Sway real quick. You ain't got the answer, Sway. <laughs> word. But um, damn man, what we what we playing for the pod, bro? I mean, I think we should get up to JLX or hope we took that week. So we're going to stay on the JLX flow? I mean, you know, that's that's the flow that I'm on right now. I know there's a lot of music out right now. Um, there was somebody else I was listening to. Hold on. It was the first time I heard a dude of Duke. His name is Miguel Harrison. Miguel Harrison? Miguel. D-I-G-A-L. Harrison. Miguel Harrison. Yeah, he got an album called Vintage. You know what I mean? It's not a brand new album. It came out last year. But, um, yeah, it's some really good fucking tunes on there. So that's what I'm listening to right now. All right. We'll drop some. We'll drop some. The guy Harrison. How you like that? Word. Alright. Alright. Breaking artists. Alright. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Let's do that. Why not? Yo. Uh. One thing before we go, I need you to look at that uh Broken Skull session with Undertaker. He talks about a okay. crazy story how he uh how he out party Cypress Hills. Oh no way. Yeah, dude. Like he knew who they were. You know, and he said that him and X-Pac's out-partied him, bro. Like, X-Pac was out there, you know, doing his thing, smoking, drinking. Undertaker's just drinking everybody under the table. And Undertaker walked out the bar with X-Pac on his shoulder. Like, you know how, like, you drag somebody out the bar, you just got him hanging yeah, on your shoulder? And he wa- Yeah, he walked out like that, and everybody was just like, yo, this nigga's a legend, yo, this nigga's God. <laughs> I'm gonna check that. Yeah, man. But... Like we always said, this is the 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your host, Nathan McFly. Shit, nigga, Woodrow, man. Times like this, man, love who you love. Shout out to the Nation of Domination. Shout out to Los Boricuas. <laughs> yeah. We out here, man. Word, peace. I just feel like... Let's start it. Let's get it. Said I don't know why the hell this world so cold. Said I don't know why these niggas act like hoes. Said I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, no. Said I don't know why she got a fake is real. Said I don't know why these niggas signing deals. Said I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, no. Let's bring you back to the essence. Sitting on the stoop while the OG give you lessons. Trying to help your mind so you use it for protection or even as a weapon. Young niggas don't want to hear it, they think they know it all. Now you guilty by association. The circle that I hang with gotta match my fucking dedication. I'm just trying to make the most of my 24. Put it in my mind, I pull up in the Bentley doors. I ain't chasing whores, I got them trying to catch me. The only thing I run is rap or track me. A lot of y'all niggas' minds ain't sharp enough to pass me. You rass me with bullshit from the past. To collapse me I stand firm on my own two feet I'm a man with a vision like a young Spike Lee Not sure about anything, but they still ask me Don't know why they ask me, I know why they ask me But I don't know 
Why the hell this world so cold? Said I don't know. Why these niggas act like hoes? Said I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. Said I don't know. Why she got a fake is real? Said I don't know. Why these niggas signing deals? Said I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. These niggas pedigrees is buying three Hermes belts. I'm trying to invest in stock and triple my health. Niggas dying on the daily for this shit that don't matter. It's traumatizing seeing your man's brain splattered out on the concrete. I'm working a six to five warehouse job and I'm wondering why I'm giving them my time. Fuck it, I'm about to quit tomorrow. Feel like I'm hiding from my dreams with a mask like that nigga Zorro. And it's for my niggas living in sorrow. Upstate, the pigs got your name in the feds, it ain't safe. And to my worst enemies, think they know my tendencies. I switch up, I'm so ambidextrous. And they don't ask questions, they just spray at niggas. And you hit your own brother, bad aim ass niggas. Wish they knew the repercussions of the fighting over nothing. Some niggas got the answers, but they still act dumb. So I don't know why the hell this world so cold. Said I don't know why these niggas act like hoes. Said I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, no. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, no. Said I don't know. Why she got a fake is real, said I don't know. Why these niggas signing deals, said I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, no, no. I don't know, 